Creative Babble. If you've been following this series so far, you know that this content is not suitable for children. This episode contains references to suicide and could be triggering for some. So please keep headphones on for this one. You've been warned. Claudia and David have tried everything to make the stalker stop harassing them. They've tried everything except for one thing. I just got sick of it. And I said, you know what? You're all talk. I said, why don't you meet us in person? And he said, um, okay. And he gives me the their address. And I said, I'm not going to your house. And I said, let's meet in a public place. And I mentioned a restaurant that was nearby. And he said, oh, I'll bring wifey and we can have dinner and you can buy it. And I said, no, no, absolutely not. So it just went back and forth like this. And I said, you know what? Why, why would you want to meet him in real life? Um, I don't know. I just felt like. This was like our final our yeah final straw. We were just we sick were, of it. We were like, our our uh, private investigator told us, you know, he's he's probably a real coward. And every, if and if you notice, his wife is the one that did all the talking with the police. He didn't say anything, and so we, we that was just our final straw. And we were like, you know what? We've never actually seen him or spoke to him. Let's get him out in public. Let's meet this guy face to face. And get it over with. Whatever conversation we need to have with them, let's let's get it done. God, just... That sounds so scary. By the way, this is a terrible idea. If you're ever in this position, never ever engage with the stalker. Nothing good will ever come out of it. Fortunately, Claudia and David never went through with the meeting. The threatening messages continued, but this time they were directed at David, who is a postal worker. He, this idiot texted me and said, I'm watching your husband on his mail route and I'm going to kill him after he's done. So I texted and I said, you better watch your back. And then started getting messages about what are you doing sitting in your truck, you coward. I parked on a, on a public street there. I called my station manager and I said, you know what? I'm being, I'm getting death threats on my route and, and I don't feel safe out here. And I told her, I said, my actual words where I feel like a sitting duck. And she goes, well, I don't, I don't want you to feel, feel that way. Why don't you come in from, from your route and we'll break it up and give it to other carriers. And so during that conversation with her, I was parked. And after that conversation, I got, I got a text myself saying, why are you just sitting in your truck? You coward. Right. So I went to the station they called they called the police and 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 also the postal inspector and i when i left the station i was keeping my eyes out for anything anything unusual and i saw a black uh, dodge sports car parked underneath a, a shade tree you know and it was right outside the postal gate and i thought wow that's that People don't usually park there. And I called 911. I said, you know what? I've gotten death threats today and something very suspicious is going on at work. There's a couple of guys parked in a black sports car right outside the gate. I went home after that and and the cop, they eventually told me that they were just day workers. <laughs> day workers, just like landscape, just landscape workers, something like that. This obviously spooked Claudia and David because the stalker could be following him during his mail route. Beginning of June of last year, 
I want to say it was beginning of June and in May, we did hire an attorney and this attorney sent a cease and desist letter to him. The day that it was emailed, I got a message that said, I got your letter from your gay lawyer and I can do whatever the hell I want. The stalker continued sending pizzas to their home. We got the postal inspector involved. He wasted seven months of our time. The postal inspector, by the way, is the law enforcement arm of the United States Postal Service. They are federally sworn officers who carry guns, make arrests, and serve federal search warrants. They're basically like the FBI for the postal system. Their job, among other things, is to investigate and prevent instances of violence against their own employees. So when David, a postal worker, started getting harassments during his mail route, he made sure to get them involved. Here's a call David recorded with a postal inspector. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I just wanted to give you an update. On Sunday, my, my, my wife got a message on, on her phone. David starts telling the inspector about all the harassing messages and about Mary, the private investigator, who visited the Gresmans. And before she knew it, he came out of the door wielding a golf club and assaulted her with it. And then she took off running. Back up, back up. Say, say again. He comes up and what? He comes out of the door with a golf club in his hand and, and strikes her with it. Pokes her in the chest. Pokes her in the chest with it. She takes off running. The postal inspector let David finish. And I called I called 911 at that time. And okay. the 911 operator asked, is this about and I said, yes, nobody ever showed up. They're tired of hearing about us. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear from us anymore. They've, they've, they've had it too. David is desperate and out of options. He feels like he's being watched at work and at home. Because he hacked my, my Cox security internet system. Okay. And he was okay. able to watch me come and go from work. That's how he knows my schedule. And can we go from, from what you're talking about from at your house? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. And that's how he knows my schedule. That's how he knows when I was at work. We disabled the cameras. And all that. We've disabled the cameras so he can't spy on us anymore. So these are, again, threats that you were not at work. But we'll, we'll take that into... I'll, I'll, just, so this is different now. So now we're, we're, I'm just talking about this. I'm not talking about your what happened with your wife and or your, um, your private investigator. That needs to be followed up with the local police. The postal inspector only wants to talk about the threats that happened while David was on duty. If any of these things happen while you're on the route, mm-hmm. right, you need to report that to the, to the proper supervisor who will turn contact. The postal inspector did an investigation. They even went over to the Gresman's house and spoke with John Gresman, the alleged stalker. They agree with the police department's conclusion that the stalking is coming from someone inside the Rodriguez's house. After the inspector's visit to the Gresman's house, David says that he received a message from the stalker threatening the postal inspector's life. You do not care whether Inspector B***'s life was threatened to? Well, when I talked to Inspector uh, I haven't heard from that. But if you want to present that, then you feel that's something I, I need to look into. I sent it to you. Okay. I would think that's a pretty good crime, too. Claudia and David were getting nowhere. The cops closed the case. The postal inspector didn't even seem to take the case seriously. So where do they go from here? Um, He accused our oldest daughter, who has nothing to do with this. So the postal inspector also accused your daughter of this? Our oldest daughter. 
Claudia and David had five children. Chelsea, age 25, was Dr. Gresman's patient. But we're talking about the other daughter who we're calling Logan. She's 31 years old and still living with her parents. So I, I drove my daughter down, down to the postal inspector office and, and they basically interrogated her. She came out in tears saying that they looked at her phone. She, they were looking at apps that she had downloaded and years taken ago. off her phone years ago. And she told them, I have nothing to do with this. And anyway, she during a time when this activity was going, she she has a she has a, a depression problem and has attempted suicide twice. And she was in a mental health facility at a time when all this stuff was going on. She had no phone, no no way of no access to the internet, you know. And and this was going on. So we're trying to tell him there's no way it's her because she I was. Told, I told the postal yeah. inspector there's no way that she is doing it because you can you can call this facility and verify that she was there during this timeline. According to Claudia and David, this is a solid alibi. There's no way Logan could be sending these messages because these messages were coming through while she was institutionalized at this mental health facility. Claudia and David are 100% certain that this stalker is Dr. Gresman's husband, John Gresman. But the postal inspector and the local detectives are not so sure. Both law enforcement agencies say that all the evidence points back to the Rodriguez family. Here's a call from the detective's supervisor. Hi. How are you? It's pretty clear that they are ready to move on from this case. Um, so, have you guys had a chance to review the report? No, we've been requesting it and we have not been able to see that. The 63-page police report chronicles every single time police were called to the Rodriguez's house. Every pizza prank delivery, every interview with Dr. Gresman and her husband, and even the warrants for Instagram and Cox communications. I've read this report several times and I can tell you that the police are just over this case. The facts speak for themselves. All the messages are being sent from inside their own house. So basically where we're at, looking at all the information that we've gathered on all the accounts, the Instagram accounts, the uh, phone numbers that have been sending you text messages. So everything that has come in, like all the Instagram accounts, the two phone numbers uh, that we're sending you uh, messages, or your husband, I believe, um, have all come back to your IP address. I don't believe it's the uh, doctor's husband at all. Okay. We've talked to him several times. He's he seems like a pretty straight up guy, pretty normal guy. He wants nothing to do with it. He says, I'm not bothering anybody. Right. Um, you know, he feels like he's being harassed because he's got a private investigator sitting on the street watching him. And he's like, I haven't done anything to anybody, so I don't know why this PI is on my street. We've also talked to her husband several times, mm -hmm. and he absolutely denies it. He, he says he has nothing, nothing against you guys. He wants nothing to do with you guys. He would not absolutely do this. Right. Well, and, and uh, I, I don't want anything to do with him either. So no, I think he was pretty upset too when the investigator showed up at the door mm -hmm. because he now he feels like he's being harassed. He's like, I have nothing to do with. It. I'm not doing anything. Right. This lady showed up at my door. I was like, What are you doing at my door? Okay. Well, I don't see how that is possible because I'm not doing it. Okay. Well, no, I'm not saying you are. Right. Uh, but I'm saying somebody in your house is. Uh, From everything. Okay. Everything well. we have. I mean, we can't. 
we can't dispute the fact that it comes back to your house. Despite all this, Claudia and David refuse to accept the facts. Instead, they're convinced that John Gresman is some sort of mastermind cyberstalker hell-bent on torturing them. What if it wasn't him? What if it's somebody else? How confident are you that it's your doctor's husband? When the attorney sent the letter, sent the cease and desist, and he responded to that, that was like the, the telling moment. It, you know, it's obvious that this is him. Claudia and David have zero doubt in their minds that John Gresman is the man behind the threatening messages. They tried resolving this with the police. Not only did the investigation go nowhere, but they were ultimately named responsible for stalking themselves. Then they tried contacting the postal inspector for help, but that didn't go far either because the postal inspector agreed with the police investigation. The Rodriguez even tried hiring their own private investigator, but that also failed to develop new evidence. There was only one last thing for them to do. They put their house of 20 years for sale. This is the house they raised their five children in. And actually, it worked. Moving stopped the calls, the messages. Finally, the Rodriguez family lived in peace. Picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. If I were a stalker, right, my victims move, I'm going to go follow them wherever they normally go. Another doctor that I know they visit or your job, you know, meet you at the post office or wherever your station is and then follow you home. Are you worried about that kind of stuff or did you just completely move to a whole different We're area. in a completely different area. And so now you've moved, you changed your number. And now the, I'm going to circle back to the first thing I asked you, which was what, what why not just let this be? You, you should be, you know, things are calm. Why agitate the situation? I'm just worried that if he, he gets away, if he keeps on getting away with it, there's going to be other, other people out there that are going to be tormented as well. And it's just, it's, it's sad because if you don't have, I mean, we fought it to the end 
and we thought we were going to get get somewhere with it. But there's going to be other people that that will not will not go as far as we did. Well, and also too, like if this medical professional has anything to do with this, which I really feel like she there's possibility. She really her license should be in question. You know, she's supposed to protect and look out for the best interests of her patients and families. That's not what happened. And this doctor does delicate surgeries on pediatric patients. I I think that she needs to answer to the medical board and, and get to the bottom of this because really the, our motive in the beginning of telling her wasn't to stir up trouble. It was to help. It was to help her. Hmm. And it's caused so much torment in our, in our lives. And it's unnecessary, unnecessary. You asked me how, you know, why are we, why we brought this this far? I, I, I fear that, that he has wicked thoughts in his head and that one day he might carry it out and we might see on the news that she was murdered or something. He's threatened to blow up the hospital. And I, yeah, and I've it's made true. It. it's true. Some of these uh, fantasies could manifest into something right. real, right? So that's what I, that's what I what I'm fearing. And if that happens, I'm going to go straight to the reporters and say, "This is what we went through with this guy," and we got no response from law. I just I looked her up, and she is not what I expected her to look like. They look like a good-looking couple not who you would expect to be a stalker right? there's a weird picture of him on facebook where he looks very creepy mm-hmm. she seems very young i mean she's probably what in her 30s maybe mm-hmm. right i mean these people don't seem like i mean a doctor why would a doctor get involved in this yeah. but see but see that's the attitude that the cops had they said, this is a doctor. You guys are just the lower class, working class people. But this is an elevated doctor with credentials. And so it has to be you guys because you're in a lower income bracket. And you it, know, just, it just supported their narrative. You, you talk about it almost as if it's over. Is it over? I, like I said earlier, I, I would like to say that it's over, but I think that we slowed him down. It kind of feels like it's over because we love our our new neighborhood. It's nice and quiet, but we're still very careful. I'm always watching my back. So what would happen if I approached this doctor? What kind of reaction would I get from them? I think it would cause a firestorm like no other. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I'll tell you about my conversation with Dr. Gresman later on in the season, but next week, we're going to talk about motive. There are several characters in this story, and any one of them could be the stalker. It could be the doctor, her husband, Claudia, David, even their kids. One of them is sending these messages, but who benefits from it the most? So let's talk about the elephant in the room. By now, you probably formed an opinion on this case. Some of you believe that Claudia and David are the victims and that police need to investigate this further. 
But I bet there's a whole bunch of you that believe that the Rodriguez's are not telling the truth. And the facts are clear. Someone in this house is sending these messages. But let's think about this for a second. Why would someone risk getting the police involved, wasting their resources just for a prank? Then on top of that, David contacted the postal inspector to investigate. That's his job, his livelihood. Why would anyone involve this madness into their own career and their job? They've hired lawyers, they've hired private investigators, they've moved. If they're doing this to themselves, then this is a very expensive prank. Now, let's flip the argument around. Maybe we're trying to rationalize irrational behavior. Why would anyone stalk themselves? Well, because people are fucking crazy. Just recently, in December of 2022, a Michigan mom was charged with stalking for allegedly catfishing her own daughter. The mother, Kendra Lasari, created fake accounts posing as another teen. Then she proceeded to cyberbully her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend for more than a year. Not only that, but the mother tried to frame another student. In that case, the FBI got involved and they were able to trace the messages back to the mother's IP address. And unlike Claudia and David, when confronted with this evidence, the mother supposedly confessed and turned herself in. So what do you think is going on? We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, but if you cannot wait, the entire season is available right now on Pretend Plus, which is a subscription for Apple Podcasts. You can try it for free for three days, or you can become a Patreon supporter where you get t-shirts, stickers, swag, cool stuff. The link to Patreon is in the show notes. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Creative Babble.